Welcome back to Tiger Talk. Uh, tonight we've finished with the Nevada Lady Tigers segment. Now we move to the boys basketball program of head coach Sean Gray. The uh, Tigers looking to get that elusive first win. Certainly did come close this past Friday night. A heck of a ball game against the uh, Frontenac Raiders. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Plotted on the road last night at Pittsburgh. And now we've got a big tournament coming up at the 75th Annual Carthage Invitational Boys Basketball Tournament. Mike Carpet back with you. As I mentioned, now being joined by Tiger head coach Sean Gray. And uh, Sean, just uh, kind of a little different dynamic. Uh, this year, obviously, than what you've had uh, the last few seasons. And uh, so uh, I guess this learning process just kind of continues uh, here early in the season. It does, Mike. And we've been pleased with, with a lot of the progressions we've made from, from the first day of practice. And then uh, from our first game last Tuesday to that game on Friday, we thought we took a lot of strides. I, playing that first actual game was really, really good for us. Saw some good improvements um, in Friday night's game versus Frontenac. Uh, unfortunately, just uh, came up just <laughs> short in that one. Well, let's talk about that one before we get to last night. Uh, let's talk about the Frontenac game again. It was 58-56, uh, overtime loss uh, to the Raiders. A heck of a ball game uh, played on Friday night. Pretty spirited throughout the entire contest. Good crowd on hand at, at Wynn Gymnasium for it. And, uh, uh Let's, let's, let's kind of work our way backwards, I guess. Uh, first of all, the the overtime, um, you took the, kind of took the air out of the ball early on, uh, uh, unable to convert a field goal, and then they come back the other way. And uh, sometimes you just got to be in the right place at the right time. And uh, that guy was Mario Mangini, who uh, ended up with the ball in his hands right before the buzzer. And sometimes they just go in, and that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we felt like they kind of they, they sat back – uh, in a in a soft defense to start the overtime, and we you know we'll we'll hold the ball for the last shot if <laughs> if, if that's the way you guys want it to go. So then they pulled up and 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 extended a little bit more, um, weren't able to convert, but got got a pretty good look. And then uh, at the other end, a uh, couple uh, long possession for them pulled a pulled a rebound, got a foul. Uh, I think that ended up being uh, the Fudge Kid's mm-hmm. fifth foul, got him out of the game, and uh, really felt like we were in a great position. But unfortunately, like like was the case throughout the entire game, uh, did not convert at the charity stripe uh, the way that we'd like to, the way that we know we can. And then, uh, you know, they, they came down and hit a shot. They were out of timeouts, Mike. So mm-hmm. I, one there's, there's a debate there whether you call a timeout to set up your defense or not. But we'd already talked, we during the free throw, we talked defensively about what we wanted to do. And, if that's the shot a team gets off late in the game, you probably are fine with that. It was a, it was a pretty tough look and uh, a, a senior with a lot of experience. And uh, hats off to him for knocking that shot down. Yeah, hits the right, hits the right at the buzzer. That would be main games we mentioned. Hit a three pointer up on top of the key, uh, 59-56. I think I said fifty eight. It's fifty nine. They put fifty eight on the scoreboard. It was a three point shot. It was fifty nine fifty six. Uh, was the final. So a little confusion there at the end of that. But a highly competitive game. Uh, I think I caught them all, but I had 16 lead changes and and five ties uh, during the course of the night, and you may see them again. And uh, it, it, you know, from a competitive standpoint, it was a heck of a game to watch. It was our guys, man. The, their energy and intensity that our guys played with from start to finish was really, really good. And I think that surprised Frontenac just a little bit. I think knowing what they had returning, the type of athletes that they had, all the experience that that they had. In combination with everything that we had graduated, you know, it would have been pretty easy for Frontenac to think maybe the ball was just going to get thrown up and then things were going to go their way. Definitely not the case. And our guys, I thought, defended well from the onset. Um, really, 
rebounded it much, much better against Frontenac than we had previously against Adrian. Um, and then our shot selection was good uh, and shot the ball better from the three-point line, ended up knocking down six threes. But, uh, yeah, uh, just a fun back-and-forth ball game and the, the type of ball game that you really enjoy. And uh, Like you said, the atmosphere was great, and I thought our guys really fed off of that as well. Well, you touched on the free-throw shooting, uh, 8 of 23 on the night. and I've, I've got, I'm sure there's a little certain level of frustration there when you lose an overtime by three and, and no points that you had the opportunity to get that you didn't get. Yeah, and I mean it's not, it's not a situation where we've got one or two guys that that struggled. I mean it was a team team uh, lapse from the line, and man, for a team that to this point has shown that we're a little bit limited offensively as far as shot creation, the free throw line has to be a place where we produce some offense and. Uh, it has to be a place where we produce offense throughout the game from and not just in, in short spurts. And unfortunately, just weren't able to do that on Friday. Saw your two top scorers uh, really get going. Actually, had three in double figures. Uh, B. Shore, 16. Evan Ray, Cade B. Shore, 16. Evan Ray with 14. Jeremiah Collins got it going. He had 12 in the ball ballgame. Uh, Cade hitting a three-pointer late in that fourth quarter that really seemed to propel momentum in your way. It was a tough shot, time running down, and uh, he nailed it to, to tie the ball game, if I remember right. I think about 54-54, if I remember right. Uh, but uh, he showed the ability. Uh, we didn't see it last night, but he showed the ability on Friday anyway to hit some big shots. Yeah, the guys made clutch shots there in the second half. Uh, Bryce Bud did a good job driving, pulling the help, kicked to Cade in the corner, and Cade, no hesitation, let it fly, knocked it down. So you know, we feel like our guards, Cade, Cade has shot it well to this point overall, maybe not as well last night as he wanted. But overall, we think that our guards are, are going to come along from the three-point shooting perspective and Cade knocked down three in that second half against Frontenac which was big for us well and as we said you might see him again and we saw we saw more of Jordan Fudge than what we were led to believe we would at 6'8 senior and uh, say that uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek as uh, I don't know how much you talked to him about Jared Pyle the head coach he told me flat out that uh, he, if he saw it, it would be very limited uh, he played about probably over half the game uh, sometimes situations dictate things I guess uh, but even though the 6'8 senior played I thought that uh, you played well again against him even with his size down inside we did I mean he yeah he played three-fourths of the game I he, he did not start the first quarter but then was I think in his normal until rotation. he got his technical and yeah yeah and <laughs> even then was only out for a few seconds I think so um overall did a good job on him and, and again that rumor was flying around that he might not play and we took the approach that we're going to prepare for mm -hmm. who they've got on their roster and we can't control who plays. We can control our prep preparation. So prepared for him, really tried to not let him have deep touches. And if he did get a touch deep, we wanted to swarm him. We wanted him to become a passer as opposed to a dunker and a score. And then we also really worked on helping to box him out with our guards coming down and maybe sacrificing some of those long rebounds that might go out on the perimeter and doubling on the rebound a little bit. And, and our guys executed that. Um, he did not enjoy being boxed out by two different guys every time. Showed some of that frustration whenever he committed that technical foul. Really proud of the execution our guys showed with the game plan on him. He did get loose a little bit. Uh, picked up three dunks in the ball game, but uh, for the most part, uh, Nevada did a pretty good job on on Fudge. And he fouled out, as you mentioned. 
uh, in the uh, late in the ball game and uh, was not a factor down the stretch. But uh, unfortunately, 59-56 was the final drop. Nevada to 0-2 on the season. Nevada trying to at least take some momentum out of that, knowing how well they played forward against Pittsburgh last night against the Purple Dragons. And the first quarter looked like it was there. Uh, it was 9-7, not a high-score game, certainly by any stretch, but you had control of the game at 9-7. to But well, it turned uh, pretty hard at that point, and uh, they outscore you 48-18 uh, the rest of the way over the final three quarters. So uh, the obvious question is, uh, I guess, what happened after the first quarter? So I've gone back and looked at our first three games, and from a defensive standpoint, you look at the and you look at the plus-minus. Um, the only quarters were in the positive are the quarters where Jeremiah Collins has played six-plus minutes in those quarters. And Jeremiah does not jump off the film as a elite basketball player, as a, as a as a dynamic scorer by any means. But what he brings from a rim protection standpoint, what he brings from a rebounding standpoint, and then what he, he he's developed into a, a good just dump off and stick it in guy around the basket who either sticks it in or gets fouled. He just helps us in every single little area on both ends of the floor, and. He's battled foul trouble at different points. You know, against Frontenac, it was the second quarter. Uh, big parts of the game against Adrian. Big parts of the game against Pittsburgh. The second quarter specifically, uh, whenever they they started that run, and and I, he's got to be on the floor for us because we executed that game plan last night in the first quarter really well. Um, Mason English did not have a bucket in the first quarter. Dynamic score for them. Uh, had that 9-7 lead. Jeremiah had six of our nine points mm-hmm. in that first quarter. And again, our guards were driving. Jeremiah was getting the offensive rebounds or the dump-offs, putting them back in. And then when, when Pittsburgh's role players shot the ball, they were only getting one shot at it, and we were coming down with the rebound. In the second quarter, we still did a good job of limiting English, but what happened was those role players got two or three attempts almost every time down the floor. Um, even if you're not a dynamic scorer, you get two or three shots at it, you're, you're going to end up scoring it. So that, I thought, started the slide. And then uh, something we were disappointed in is that, yes, they took a lead, um, nine-point lead, but when that lead got to six, eight, nine points, I thought that we abandoned the game plan a little bit. Uh, we we did not maintain the patience on offense. Uh, we didn't try to slow the game down you know and it's it's easier said than done it's easy for me from the from the sideline to look at it and say there's there's 18 20 minutes left in this ball game we still need to be patient uh and when you're playing against a team that wants to play with pace it's 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 hard to keep that pace down unfortunately we weren't able to do that and the game really shifted halfway through the second and then especially into the third quarter the pace of play went from where we wanted it to where Pittsburgh wanted it, and it was offensive rebounds early and then turnovers uh, in the second half uh, that, that really uh, were the final undoing for us. Just six field goals uh, in the game, including the first quarter where you got uh, uh, five or nine points from the free throw line. Um, by the way, positive, better free throw shooting performance last night uh, coming off of Friday, but only six field goals in the ball game, including one three. Um, and again, I mentioned this on post game last night, sitting up in the, the cheap seats where I was up in the top of the, the bleachers uh, for, for video purposes. Um, it seemed like the team was getting frustrated and pressing and taking, obviously, some ill-advised shots. Am I correct in that? Yeah, too quick, Mike. Um, and that's kind of what I was talking about. We we wanted to run long possessions, make Pittsburgh guard, 
and see what kind of look we could get 20, 30, even 40 seconds into a possession. And we really felt like if we were to stay that course through four quarters, one, we would control the pace of the game and give ourselves a chance to win late, but improve the quality of shot that we would get. A lot of shots came in the first 10 seconds of a possession, um, and they weren't – and I've told the guys, if it's a layup, let's take that anytime. If it's a wide-open catch-and-shoot three by a guy that's a proficient three-point shooter, let's take that shot. But if it's a driving, off-balance layup, if it's a tough mid-range shot, there's no point in forcing something like that early on because when you miss those quick shots, that's just like the outlet pass on a fast break for your opponent. And that, that was sure the case, especially in the second half last night. Well, uh, there's one of those that uh, I guess you take and uh, hopefully learn from it. As you mentioned last night, uh, it's a non-conference game. It's uh, it's across the border. It's one of those uh, hopefully that uh, they learn from, take forward, and uh, into some more meaningful games that are coming down the road here. So uh, is that still the message? And when we're talking today, probably after your practice, uh, this is airing after your practice. We're talking before practice. But is that uh, the message you take into practice today? Absolutely. We saw real growth between that first game and the front net game. So I've got no doubt this group, they're coachable, Mike. They they want to become the best team they can become. They know that we've got a long ways to go. We all know that. And we really feel like we're all in the same boat, rowing in the same direction. And, you know, one thing we talked about after the game last night was the scoreboard doesn't always show improvement the the win-loss record might not always show the improvement but we in our locker room uh in the gym and practice we know what we're trying to get to and and that conference season uh in january and february and, and postseason play we want to be playing our best basketball and put ourselves in a position to be as competitive as possible at that point uh no doubt it will be a focused determined group in practice not only today but then next week, and especially over Christmas break. Well, you got one day before you move on. We'll move on from that and get, talk about what's ahead because you got uh, four games coming up over the uh, the next week. We're going to visit about in our remaining time, and uh, that's the uh, the seventy fifth annual Carthage Invitational Boys Basketball Tournament that starts tomorrow, goes through Saturday. Of course, it wasn't that long ago. This was spread over an entire week, uh, just after Thanksgiving. They've adjusted that now to a three day tournament, and now a little bit later, <laughs> it just seems like a few teams that have uh, long football seasons are in this tournament, so they've kind of obliged that a little bit. Uh, but uh, uh, including Veda this year, as a matter of fact. Yeah. But uh, uh, always a tough tournament, and uh, certainly this year, no different. We'll talk about your game, your first game tomorrow, but just talk about the overall tournament uh, as tough as always, it looks like. Yeah, Mike. So whenever I was an assistant at McDonald County, uh, we played in this tournament, mm-hmm. and then obviously when I came to Nevada, it, it it seems to me like it had a lot more of a local feel in years past, you know. Seneca, Carl Junction, Neosho, McDonald County. It, it, it was really a local Southwest Missouri tournament, and then you'd get that random outlier, maybe like a Rogers mm-hmm. Heritage, a, a Rogers High School out of Arkansas. And, and now it's really developed into kind of a similar tournament to the Kaminsky Classic where you've got four local teams and you've mm-hmm. got four out-of-area teams. And I haven't ran the numbers on school enrollments, but <laughs> uh, shoo, we are definitely at the bottom of the eight, and it's – you're talking some of the biggest schools in the state in, in Joplin, Ray Peck, uh, huge high school in Fort Smith, Southside. So it's a highly competitive tournament, uh, sc- large class schools with, with really good athletes. 
you know, the local teams, this is Webb City's first year in this, and uh, we know the type of athlete they have. They started their season with a win last night in convincing fashion. <laughs> the against, battle of the state championship. Against Lamar, the state yep. title uh, football teams are like this one run around one state title. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if the Lamar basketball team <laughs> made sure that Webb City only had five guys on the floor <laughs> for that game. That's uh, yeah, yeah. That's that that would be rough to deal with. But uh, Webb City brings a lot. Joplin has a lot of firepower with with the Wright brothers, and then Carthage feels like this should be their most competitive squad. In the last five or six years, they return all three guards that have two or three years of, of starting experience. So the local teams are tough, and, and I feel like any of those three uh, could could compete for the for the championship. And then the out-of-area teams, West Plains, uh, Leavenworth, Fort Smith, Southside, and Ray Peck, very, very large schools with, with really good athletes. Ray Peck is who we're most familiar with. We played them last year. We'll play them again uh, tomorrow night. And Coach Jermaine last year – Played a lot of underclassmen. He had a he had a lead guard in Iron Allen, mm-hmm. who was a dynamic player, one of the best guards in the Kansas City area. But then he played four or five freshmen big minutes last year. Well, they're all the better for it because he starts either three or four of those freshmen now as sophomores. Uh, his son runs the show from the point guard position. They've got big physical kids uh, at the forward positions, a two, six five and a six six kid that are just bruisers inside, Mike, and they'll beat you up on the glass. They'll set a lot of screens for their guards. So we've got to match their physicality. We Last year in this game, really felt like it was a game we we could have won uh, and did not play well. It was one of our more disappointing performances of the season last year. And we just let Ray Peck out-physical us last year. It was early. You know, ben Hines was not the, the Ben Hines maybe that – that he developed into mm-hmm. fresh off of swimming. Case Anderson was injured at that point. Uh, but as good as we were last year, Ray Peck really was physical with us and, and outworked us. Message to the guys in practice today, you know, you can't always control a good or bad shooting night. Um, but what you can control is your physicality, your energy, and we've got to match that if we look to compete uh, with the Ray Peck Panthers who bring a lot of that physicality and then those young, skilled uh, sophomore guards that, that have a year of starting experience under their belt. 8.30 is the game time uh, tomorrow night uh, against Raymore Peculiar. And, uh, again, it's the fourth game of the day, so that time could vary a, a bit, hopefully not closer to 9 o'clock uh, tomorrow night on the Thursday night. But uh, uh, but hopefully we'll stay pretty close on time. But don't expect it, certainly, with four games in one day. Uh, you, you know, you talk about the size of schools in this tournament. You know, even though Nevada is certainly the, probably the smallest school in the tournament, over the years Nevada has been very, very competitive in this tournament. Uh, we'll see what happens this year. But uh, even though been outside school population-wise, Nevada's had a good history in this tournament. We have, Mike. I think in 2017 – uh, we were able to to win this, and that was the first time we'd won it in 21 years. I think 1996 was the last time we'd won it before that. I think that was maybe Andy Smith's junior mm-hmm. year, possibly when when that yeah. happened. So, and then we were able to win it again a couple of years later. So we've won it twice now in the last four or five years. And still a lot of winners bracket performances, even though it didn't win it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. and, and and matchups with with the 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 Joplins of the world, mm-hmm. and, and and some of the some of the bigger schools like you said so we love this tournament and uh we we really like the high level of competition because we feel like that prepares us uh for for our schedule yet to come and i mean 
you play tough games early on, you know where you stand and you know what you have to improve on if you want to win big games later in the season. Now you've got three tournaments this year, and now they've all gone to Thursday, Friday, Saturday formats. Uh, that used to be uh, kind of the, the odd thing to do, and now it's the common thing to do. Uh, are you okay with that? You make the best of whatever situation mm-hmm. you're put in. We really enjoy preparation. We enjoy having a day to scout and prepare our kids in the gym, but uh, everyone's in the same boat, so to speak, Mike. So uh, really, it tests your kid's ability to just see something on film, read it on a scouting report, look at it on a whiteboard, and then put it into action without much gym time. We'll we'll walk through some stuff be- mm-hmm. before we go to each game and things like that, but won't get to have a full scout team practice. Uh, and, and again, everyone's in the same boat, so we'll make the best of it. But after a late night last night, what looks to – assuredly be a late night Thursday night it's going to test our 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 legs a little bit it's going to test our our fatigue and and we'll have to turn around and hopefully we'll play late again on uh, Friday but regardless you've got to have your legs under you've got to take care of your body and it, it's a grueling three-day stretch no doubt well the uh, weather uh, the winter loss uh, will dictate when you play on Friday which will be either be at 5 30 in a cancellation semifinal or seven o'clock in a uh, winner's bracket uh, semifinal you know the opponent will be either Carthage or Fort Smith Southside. Obviously, I, uh, if you if anybody around here knows anything about Southside, they really follow high school basketball. So uh, when we see Carthage, but uh, can you just kind of give us a quick breakdown on those two teams? I can. Um, done some advanced scouting on Fort Smith Southside. They've you know the Arkansas season starts early. They can play. Well, they're all one sport athletes down there. They are, and they can play <laughs> basketball year round. There's not nearly the limitation on athletics down there like there is in Missouri. And, Right or wrong, that 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 that's a different debate. But mm-hmm. uh, I believe they're three and one. Um, and talking to Coach Morris, who plays them tomorrow night, it, he talked a lot about how they like to play fast, helter skelter. I don't know about the entire state of Arkansas, but the large schools have a thirty-five second shot clock in Arkansas. And he says <laughs> he says that a lot of those larger schools, Southside is no different. They've adapted their style of play to that pressing. They try to get their opponents to slow the game down in the full court so they don't have very much time on the shot clock when they get it in the half court. Helter-skelter, dribble-drive offense. A lot of athletes, but maybe not as much discipline and patience as you might see in the Missouri game. So uh, we've got some film on them. Uh, we'll, we'll go down early and watch that game tomorrow. And then Carthage returns almost their entire team from last year. Uh, the Templeman kid at point guard, Justin Ray, uh, former Coach Steve Ray's son, um, Joel Pugh, who's a three-year starter for them, who really shoots it well. Those three guards make them go, and they're, they're as good a guard trio as you'll see in, in southwest Missouri this year. So uh, should be a good ball game between those two, and uh, it will be a tough contest, whichever one of those two we, mm-hmm. we end up facing. And Card has got their football players a little sooner than they expected, too, after the loss to Webb City. So they've had a little time to prepare for their own tournament. Uh, Wish you hadn't told me about that 35-second shot clock. <laughs> Everybody knows. I, nobody, anybody who's listening to my broadcast knows I'm an advocate for it. And uh, the late John McNeely and I used to used to argue about it. I think he just liked to argue with me. But. Yeah, he did. They, they <laughs> polled Missouri coaches this fall, Mike, on that. Mm-hmm. And they, they did that a few years ago. But they polled us, and you'll be happy I voted yes <laughs> okay, awesome. on the yeah. on the poll. So yeah. I don't, I don't I blame, know. You know. I blame Brent Bartlett for my stance on this. You know, when he held the ball the entire third, the third quarter many years ago, I've, I've – I've preached ever since then. Well, some <laughs> some nights you have to do what you have to do, and 
I can't make any promises that we won't try to do that at no, some no, point this I, season no, no. either. I know. Well, it's good news. We'll see what happens. I mean, the, the argument, and I don't want to get off on a tangent, but the argument has always been the expense side of it and having to train people how to run it, especially in the smaller schools. Mm-hmm. So I know that's always been the argument. But it seems to be becoming more and more prevalent across the country. So we'll it, see. It, I think Iowa has it now, Arkansas. It, it, it's coming eventually. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. And uh, we won't bother with the, the Saturday possible matchup because that could be one of anybody uh, on Saturday. We just, we'll just tell you that, of course, uh, we'll fill you in on how the tournament goes uh starts at noon on saturday and then the final game of the championship game is at 4 30 on saturday afternoon uh again at card there's a lot of people of course who are listening to this program are very familiar with the card that's uh, invitational so i don't have to fill you in too much on that the final game before we meet again next wednesday is again against metro metro academy we talked before going on the air you haven't even bothered to look at them yet but uh the mavericks will come back after a visit a year ago during the covid season a kind of a late addition to the schedule and Apparently they enjoyed it and wanted to come back. So uh, I guess uh, what can you tell us about Metro Academy, or at least what they might bring back from last year? They return almost everyone, Mike. I, I believe, if memory serves me, one senior last year that played significant minutes. Uh, their three leading players from a year ago were all underclassmen. I, I believe their leading score last year was a sophomore. Uh, the Wynn family has some connections to Metro mm-hmm. Academy there, and, and that kind of started that marriage uh we were looking for a game. They were looking for a game. Coach McNeely was was put in touch with them, and a really high class organization. Kids that play hard, kids that are skilled. They brought a good crowd, good parent mm-hmm. support, uh, and 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 this is something that we'd like to keep going uh, as as long as possible. The benefit to it, Mike, is is they like to play road games because yeah. they don't have a true home facility. So it's an opportunity for us to have a home game every year. And, and uh, they like coming to Win Gym. They like the atmosphere. And uh, they will be a tall task because we had to play well to beat them a year ago. They return almost everyone. Uh, it will it will be a uh, it will be a tough matchup for us next Tuesday. And the because of the trip they're making, I guess from Kansas City, a little earlier start time. Uh, according to my schedule here, varsity schedule start at seven rather than seven thirty. So I mean, yep. is it double or triple? It's just a doubleheader, JV, okay. JV, uh, and varsity. JV and varsity, and uh, I think it's, if memory serves me, probably a five o'clock. No, excuse me, probably a six a six o'clock JV start. Well, that'd be normal, five thirty then. Probably. Yeah, maybe five thirty. Yeah, five thirty. If, yeah. uh, if they've scheduled the varsity at seven, it'd be a five thirty yeah, JV. That, I, that sounds that sounds about right. All right, well, we'll look forward to it, and uh, we'll certainly nail it down before Tuesday. <laughs> but appreciate the time. Uh, good luck in the uh, the Carthage Invitational. I know it's always one of our favorite stops every year for a couple of different reasons. But uh, appreciate the time and good luck, and uh, we'll see you, we'll see you down there tomorrow night. We've heard the comment at Carthage, Mike, that sometimes the Nevada crowd is bigger than. <laughs> The Carthage really or the is. Joplin crowd. So we've we've really appreciated that over the years. Uh, it's a good tournament. We're looking forward to it, and we look forward to seeing uh, the Nevada faithful down there. I think the faithful from Nevada find it a good time to combine some holiday stuff with uh, making a trip to Carthage. Something good to eat and some shopping and a beautiful facility and, and some good basketball games. A lot of people go down and watch multiple games Absolutely. while they're there. Absolutely. Count me among them. I do as well. I look forward to it, and we'll see you down there tomorrow. I'm back here next week. Thanks, Mike. Nevada head coach Sean Gray will come back, and we're going to talk wrestling with head coach Forrest Drew. They've been very busy over the last week, including the Steve Leslie Invitational at Pleasant Hill last Friday and Saturday. Derek Campbell talks with Coach Drury after this timeout on Tiger Talk.